0: Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Pixis, the PTSA experts. Nation, I have been using PTSA for years. And as you know, when you use PTSA, you have to use a meter that you can depend on. Well, right out of the box, I use my Pixis meter And I found it was superior to other meters that I have tried at a price that made it easy for me to outfit everybody within my company with a Pixis meter. Now, when you measure PTSA, you need to make sure that you are accurate so you do not underfeed or overfeed. Pixis meters compensate for turbidity and color, ensuring that you get the most accurate results. Pixis offers top-of-the-line handheld and inline sensors, as well as tracer products and calibration standard solutions. Visit Pixis today by going to ScalingUpH2O.com forward slash Pixis, that's P-Y-X-I-S. Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. One of my hopes as you listen to this podcast is you are always learning. You're always doing something that's going to benefit what you know about a particular topic. Sometimes we get caught up in the day-to-day and it's hard to give ourselves that nudge to get to the next level. So each and every week, our friend James McDonald is helping us with that little nudge. Here's our next James's Challenge.
1: Hello, Scaling Up Nation. The next James's Challenge as we grow as an industrial water treatment professional, drop by drop, is... Thoroughly dig through your company's website. How often do you visit your own company's website? Do you know what's even on it? What technical information is shared? Even if you don't know what's on your company's website, your prospects and customers know. That's one way they learn more about you. I'm always shocked by how many people completely ignore their own website when it can be stocked full of information they can share to better inform their prospects and customers. Don't be caught unaware by someone asking you about information on your own website. Be sure to share your experience on LinkedIn by tagging it with hashtag JC21 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O. This is James McDonald, and I look forward to seeing what you share.
0: Thanks, James. You know, Nation, I love our industry. I know you can't listen to this podcast and not know that. And I personally don't understand why everybody does not choose to be an industrial water treater like us. But hey, I guess that means there's more out there for us. Nation, I really like bringing you people that you can identify with that do the same day to day that you do. Speaking for myself, I know that I have made a bad day better. Because I knew other people out there were experiencing the same thing, that were getting through the same thing, and also gave me somebody that I could call to maybe give me that nudge of information that I didn't think of to get to the solution. So I love it when I can do interviews where you can hear people that do the same thing that you and I do. Here's that interview. My lab partner today is Tammy Phillips of HOH. How are you, Tammy?
2: Trace, I'm wonderful. Thank you.
0: Well, I'm so excited to introduce you to the Scaling Up Nation. You and I got to meet a couple of years ago when I came up for one of your company events. And then not too long ago, we got to take a sales training class together.
2: Absolutely, yes. I, we did meet at the uh, sales summit for HOH, and that was exciting to get to be with you on that sales training class as well. So,
0: I know you, I love you, and I know the Scaling Up Nation will too. Can you tell the Scaling Up Nation a little bit about yourself?
2: So I am a business development manager for HOH Water Technology. I've been there for about three years, I come from a background of uh, healthcare with a degree in building construction, so um, water treatment was new to me, but my main focus with HOH is actually bringing in new business and sales and also expanding existing partnerships within the water treatment industry. With that being in healthcare and the building construction, it has been a huge asset for me, especially when going into uh, healthcare facilities and uh, new construction jobs, to be able to understand all of that. So that has opened up a lot of doors for me in the water treatment industry. And I also currently serve on the board for CICI, which is the Central Illinois Chapter of Healthcare Engineers.
0: We're all water treaters here, but every water treater has a different day-to-day. What is your day-to-day like?
2: So um, like I said, I'm more business and business development. So my day varies. I also do some servicing out in the area um, and I have about 15 accounts right now that I'm currently servicing. But my main day is trying to focus on bringing in new business. So I may be cold calling, um, whether it's via phone or just, you know, stopping by accounts where I see they either have steam or cooling towers Another aspect of my job is, you know, I may be working with a mechanical contractor that has had issues in one of their accounts and they need help with the water treatment. So I may stop in, pull water samples, do an analysis for them, make recommendations. I do competitive bidding out in the territory for all of the mechanical contractors that are bidding, you know, water specs for someone. So really on a day-to-day basis, the day is never the same. And there may be one day I leave at 6.30 in the morning and not get home till six at night. And there may be you know a day where I'm not starting my day till eight, but it's it varies from day to day. So I'm just wanting to make sure that everybody that I bring on board or that I'm currently servicing is getting the best service and value in their industry.
0: You know, you and I took that sales class together, and it was very apparent to me in the discussions that we had in the workshops that you and I were, were placed together in that you are an expert salesperson, and we have so many people that are out there that maybe are a little timid to ask for the sale or to at least begin to get that next new client. What's a tip that you can give them?
2: For me, it's uh, don't be afraid to, you know, knock on someone's door. And if you don't get the answer the first time you want or the person you want to continue to go in there, it's persistence, you know, going back. Um, and the same thing with asking for the sale. You know, when you're done with your say you're making your proposal and don't forget to ask for the sale, you know, walking away with not asking for the sale is probably the most important thing, you know. The least they can say is, no, I'm not ready to do it yet. And then ask them for a timeframe. So when should I reach back out to you?
0: Yeah, if you don't ask, you're never going to get it, right? Exactly. Tammy, how did you find your way into the water treatment industry?
2: So how I actually got into the water treatment industry is I had sent in my resume for the job. They were looking for a sales and business development person. And my current position at the time was looking to get eliminated from my previous company. So I wasn't going to wait for it to be eliminated because I didn't want to be without a job. So this had come up on Indeed and I went ahead and applied for it because like I said, Tia had reached out to me and had indicated that, you know, we don't know if we actually need somebody that knows water treatment. We just need someone that can sell. That's kind of how this position came about.
0: And it's the best thing that ever happened, right?
2: It is. I actually love what I do.
0: And I want to talk about that a little bit because, for for some reason, there are not as many women in water treatment as there should be. I don't know why that is. Do you have any idea?
2: You know, Trace, I've, I that's a tough question to answer because I don't know that answer. You know, when I first started with Hoh, I was the only one in the sales slash service. Portion for Hoh, so it was interesting for me to you know see that. But uh, since I've been there, I've been there right at three years. We have actually hired four other women in the industry now as well. So it's it's coming around. But you know, it's kind of interesting to see that there's not more than there are.
0: Everybody that I can think of that is of the female persuasion in the water treatment industry is wildly successful. So it seems to agree very well. So I'm not sure what that disconnect is. Maybe, maybe people just don't know about it. Hopefully you and I can spread the word and uh, everybody knows how good this profession can be.
2: I would agree with it. Because like I said, it's been very challenging. It's been fun and it's been well worth it. What's
0: something you do in your day-to-day that you just love doing?
2: For me, believe it or not, I have a lot of success cold calling and walking into businesses, just knocking on the door and asking to talk to that person, I can usually walk out with a name, a phone number, or an email. Um, sometimes I can even walk out with an appointment. You know, it's it's asking for that information that you know really gets me excited and makes me want to uh, cold call all that much more.
0: Well, Tammy, let's break that down a little bit because I think cold calling is one of the things that just stop people in their tracks. They're like, "Oh my gosh, I've got to." knock on this door or talk to somebody I don't know or get through a gatekeeper. What's something that you do that you can advise other people that, you know, it's not that bad. This is how you start.
2: You know, when I first started in sales, it was hard for me to walk in and cold call. But once you get to the point where you're used to it, I mean, don't be afraid to to walk in. Everybody gets turned away at some point. But Eventually you're going to get into a routine and know what you're, you're wanting to say when you walk in. Um, just continue being persistent and going in. You'll eventually get comfortable doing it and you know it will just open that many more doors for you. So I would say persistence and not being afraid to, to do something, even though you might not want to do it at the very beginning, once you get accustomed to it, it makes it that much easier.
0: That's great advice. A lot of people are scared of being rejected How do you deal with that?
2: You know, you get rejected a lot. Just because you're rejected by that person, maybe they're not the person you really need to talk to. So maybe you need to come back and do some research on that company to find out, you know, okay, were they a gatekeeper? Were they just not that person I wanted to talk to? I have had that many a times where, you know, you think you're to the right person and you're really not. So just circling back around and and looking at that and maybe trying to figure out, do I need to talk to someone else? Or maybe they've had a bad day and they're just don't have time to, t- to talk to you. So just don't take it the wrong way that, you know, you're getting shut down. It may just be something else on their plate or not the right person to talk to.
0: How do you prepare for a sales call?
2: I'm one that I'm fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. So, but I always have my marketing material with me. So if I do get in the door and get to talk to that person, you know, have your information ready for them, you know, make sure you know what you're going to talk about, especially you may do a circle around the building or Google Maps to see what kind of systems they got. Cause a lot of times you can kind of tell, so you know what you're going in to ask them, you know, first off.
0: How did we ever prospect without Google Maps? (laughs)
2: I can't answer that because it is amazing. Google Maps are, you know, when you bring it up there, you're like, oh, there's a cooling tower on that building. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to put it on my list. So, yeah, it it is. It's amazing what Google Maps has done for us over the years.
0: Tammy, you mentioned you were involved with Cici. Do you think it's very valuable for somebody that's in a sales development role that they get involved with an organization like that?
2: Yes, I do. Because like I said, it's for healthcare engineers. This one is in particular. Um, so you get to actually meet some of the engineers that are running the mechanical rooms at these hospitals or wherever they might be working at. They may be that person you want to talk to regarding their water treatment. So I would absolutely recommend getting into groups, you know, healthcare engineers, or even, you know, engineering in general in your community or in your area, because it does lead to, you know, leads down the road.
0: Now, something I want to underscore is you're just not a member, you're involved in a committee. So you're giving part of your time, you're giving part of yourself. I've heard so many people say, I'm not wasting my money joining this organization, because I don't get anything out of it. So, can you speak a little bit about how you feel you've got to put something into it in order to get out?
2: I've been volunteering, you know, with different groups over time. You know, even in previous jobs. So I don't look at it as I'm I'm giving my time um, because I think it is beneficial. You know, you're you're helping maybe raise funds for um, scholarships you're also just, you know, giving your time back, helping them, you know, in their position, maybe gaining education credits as well. So there's a lot of opportunities there, you know, not just the referrals, but in, in helping someone else as well.
0: Well, I think you nailed it because it's all about your attitude and why you're a part of that organization. And I'm sure you've seen this. People will come in, they'll pay their dues and they just want to they just want to get leads. And I'm sure the people that are in the organization, they can see those people from a mile away.
2: I would agree with that. So to me, it's about networking. You know, this is a great way to build a network. You know, it's just not about referrals. It's networking.
0: Tammy, when you first started learning about water treatment, what were some of the resources that you used?
2: I actually can say um, I had a lot of mentors through the company that, you know, helped me out. In particular, Ryan Harris was great for me. He did all most of my training when I was first hired on. Um, He took the time to make sure I knew how it worked, you know, how things were supposed to be, you know, any questions I should ask in the industry. So he was a big part of that. But I also like to, you know, just the, the whole HOH team in general, you know, they were a huge asset. You know, and it really shows how they support each other and how you work together as a team. I just can't say enough. You know, there's so many people I would like to mention, you know, as far as how I learned my stuff. It, it's just crazy, whether it's listening to uh, your podcast, Trace, you know, scaling up or just doing webinars through other companies, you know, just taking the time to learn the new things, you know, whether it's calling up a coworker or, you know, being on, you know, the monthly technical meeting that we have through our company, you know, there, there's so many aspects and avenues to learn new things. And even with new customers, customers can give you indication of, you know, what they're looking for or how things are done. And you're like, oh, never thought of it from that avenue. So there's there's many avenues to, to learning, you know, the water treatment industry.
0: So, Tammy, a word that you mentioned that is really near and dear to me is the word mentor. I've been mentored. I am a mentor. And a lot of people, they don't mentor somebody because that's a scary word. They think it's a huge job description. So, when you use the term mentor, what does that mean to you?
2: Someone to go to when you don't have the answer or someone just to teach you things and you know, kind of walk you in that direction, you know that you need to be going, you know, and making sure you have what is needed to do the job, you know, whether it's uh, answering your questions or making sure you have your equipment and even training. Mentoring can be a lot of different things, you know, whether you're you're going side by side and just watching or teaching. With being a family-owned business, HOH has been a wonderful aspect for me, you know, just the support that they give each other as a team. I can't express that enough, how they come together to solve problems and figure out this what is what should be done for this customer or vice versa. So, it, it, it just is a great company to work for.
0: Well, let's explore that a little bit because we have representatives of companies listening. We have owners of companies listening. So, what would you say a trait is that some of the best companies to work for would have?
2: I would say leadership would be a great one there. You know, if you don't have the right leadership, then I don't know that, you know, someone's going to follow correctly. And, you know, with with HOH, we have had a strong leadership there. I would say, you know, making sure you're working together selflessly as one team. You know, you're not all going off in different directions. That's another huge aspect. When you're working for a company, you want to make sure that, you know, you're doing the best you can whether it's uh, servicing and following up, you know, because if you don't have people that work together with a company that do that, then, you know, you usually see companies kind of fall off the wayside, you know, they're like, well, I'm not getting the service that I was promised, you know, from this company. But uh, with HOH, it absolutely is. They truly believe in that.
0: You mentioned leadership, and I know that has a textbook definition, but what does that mean to you?
2: Leadership to me is, you know, someone I can look up to, someone I can go to, and just someone that, you know, makes you feel like you're a part of that team. I think everybody can be in a leadership role with helping you. You know, there's there are so many leaders in our company that I can't imagine not having them there because you can call anyone up at any time and they will stop what they're doing and give you an answer or put you in a direction to get you to that answer. So, you know, leadership is all about that, making sure that you're helping the other person.
0: I think it was Stephen Covey that said this, but I might be messing it up. He said that you lead people, you manage things. And so many times our title is sales manager or manager of something And I think what you just touched on is it's that human aspect. It's a human to human interaction and making sure that that other human is getting what they need.
2: Yes, I would agree with you 100% on that. Tammy, what's something
0: that other water treaters do that you just want them to stop doing?
2: I think one of my biggest things that I see in the industry is especially, you know, when you're working with a potential client and you hear them say, well, this person said this is what they were going to give me. So basically overpromising and underdelivering. delivering So, you know, when you walk in and you still see that they're having issues, you know, it's frustrating and you want to make sure you're not over-promising and under-delivering that you're giving them exactly what you said.
0: Do you have a framework in which you make sure that you never over-promise and underdeliver?
2: You know, the, we as a company have core values, so I, I would say, you know, following your core values with what your company has established for you. You know, don't overpromise something if it's not something you actually do within the company.
0: As a water treater, what are you most proud of?
2: Um, I would say um, helping the prospect customer succeed in getting the most out of their water, you know, whether it's the heating and cooling system, their budget, you know, helping the facility team, but saving them time and money is is a huge thing for them. You know, being in the mechanical room, you don't want to be having to look to your water treatment, you know, three hours a day when, if you set up the right program for them, they should be able to run with it run a few tests and you know be on their way doing other things you know they shouldn't be on top of their water treatment all day long if the program is running right.
0: Tammy, what would you say the most challenging part of your career has been?
2: For me in the water treatment industry, it is coming from a background of healthcare and knowing nothing about the water treatment industry. So, for me learning all of the technical aspects that go into play with this industry you know, in the three years I've been here, I absolutely still learn something new every day. So, and I would say that probably for anybody out in the industry, there's, things are always changing. New equipment is coming out. So, you know, take the time and learn the new things or research it if you need to. But yeah, for me, the, the most challenging was the technical aspect of it.
0: What are some things that you use to help learn those?
2: For me, you know, if I don't know the answer to a question or I don't know those technical things, for me, it's researching the products, you know, jumping on calls, reaching out to coworkers, listening to those podcasts, listening to those webinars. There are so many avenues that you can learn new techniques. And I feel that everybody learns in their own way. And like I said, customers are a great way to learn new things because they may have a new product out that you have are not familiar with, you know. So I would say there there are so many ways to learn new things in, out in the field. But And just, you know, getting out and doing it. I, I remember when I first started, Ryan Harris at the time, he goes, this is the only way you're going to learn this controller. I'm not going to show you. He goes, just get on it and play with it. You know, you're bound to mess up, but, you know, that's the only way you learn is trying to do it and then asking questions along the way.
0: Yeah. I think it was Albert Einstein that had a quote that if you don't make mistakes, you're not doing new things. Well, Tammy, hopefully somebody will share this podcast with a female that is thinking about a career in the water treatment industry. What's the message you have for that person?
2: I would say don't be afraid to step into the industry I remember when I first started, I was like, oh, how did I ever get into this? But for me, it has been a very rewarding and challenging career. It makes you think. And, you know, it's, it's something that I absolutely enjoy doing. I, I never imagined that this is something I would have gotten into. But if you're thinking about it, absolutely take the step forward. It's well worth it.
0: Well, Tammy, I've got a few lightning round questions for you. These are the same questions that I ask of all of my guests. So are you buckled up? Are you ready?
2: Yes, I am.
0: My first question is you now have the ability to go back in time and speak with your former self on your first day as a water treater. What would your present day self give advice to your first day water treater self?
2: Oh, That's a tough one, Trace, Um, but I would say, you know, make sure that you're listening to your peers, you know, taking notes. Everybody is different. Just be yourself and make sure that you can move forward. Ask the questions that you need to and just continue moving forward, you know, because like I said, there's so many things you can learn, Um, but take notes, ask questions. That That's how you're going to learn things.
0: Tammy, let me ask you. I've seen lots of people take notes, but they never refer to them. Do you have a specific method that you use to review your notes?
2: I do. I actually have a, a, Trace, I have a folder. So I try, every time I've got notes, I try to stick it in there. And then I, if I need to go back, it's like, oh yeah, that's in that folder. So, you know, everybody has different ways. Um, I've even put notes in my um, iPhone so that I can go back and refer to it if I'm in a customer and I don't have time to pull out my my big folder, which I carry it in my bag every day. But, you know, sometimes you can just go back to your your notes in your phone. You know, that that's an easy way to um, get to something very quickly.
0: So it sounds like you take time after you make the original note to organize it so you can find it in the future.
2: Yes, I, I absolutely do. I I have a a file folder that's probably about two inches thick. And I try to kind of organize it by, (laughs) um, you know, whether it's a cooling tower, boiler system, closed loop, so, or by customer. I've done that as well.
0: When Hollywood makes a movie about Tammy Phillips, who plays Tammy?
2: Jennifer Lawrence. All right. Are you familiar with Jennifer Lawrence?
0: I think I have her in mind.
2: So she's the one that, she was one of the main characters in The Hunger Games.
0: That's who I was thinking of. And why did you choose her?
2: Um, Because she's always thinking ahead and is planning for what is next.
0: There you go. My last question, actually my second to last question, if you could talk to anybody throughout history, who would it be with and why?
2: Um, So I had many avenues to go here, um, but I picked one because of what we were talking about, women in the industry. So I, I kind of went back and I thought, who do I want to reach out to that has been successful in her career? Um, and I would say Amelia Earhart because of her determination and uh, wanting to accomplish and complete the task in the aviation field You know, during that time frame. So she was probably one of the only women in the aviation field. But why was that? I, you know, my my advice would be, you know, anyone can hold any position with the right mindset.
0: Tammy, thanks so much for sharing a little bit about your experiences about being an industrial water trader. Thanks for coming on Scaling Up H2O.
2: Trace, I do appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. I truly enjoyed it.
0: Nation, there you go. Someone who's doing the same thing that all of us are doing. We united are the Scaling Up Nation. And I don't know about you, but that just makes me feel good that we have a community of people out there that we can support each other, that we can learn from each other, that we can make each other better. And when we do that, our entire industry gets better. And that is one of the goals that I have. I hope you have that goal too. And just by listening to this podcast, by sharing this podcast with somebody who you think either doesn't know about this podcast, or maybe this is a message that they need to hear, you are helping raise that bar too. Last year on episode 166, our Halloween episode, I recited Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. When Connor Parrish asked me on episode 186 what was the hardest thing I ever did on this podcast, it was hands down recite the raven for all of you. It was difficult because I don't do things like that on a regular basis. Sure, I read. Sure, I speak in public, but I don't read poetry. And I definitely have never taken any classes on how to do that. But it's something that uh, I really wanted to do. And it's something that I knew that if I did, it would challenge myself. Now, We've talked on previous episodes, when you do the same thing each and every day, you get in this rut. Some people might even think they need to find a new job because they are bored. Well, folks, if you are bored in this industry, you are doing it wrong. Challenge yourself, work within the outside of what your comfort level is. Now, you don't have to go way outside of that comfort level, but if you work on the outside boundary of what is comfortable, I promise you will continue to get better. And that's exactly what I did with reading The Raven. And I have to say that since I did that, I started noticing my inflection better I started noticing little things that I say in speech. And every time I do a podcast, I try to make myself a little bit better. And of course, I have the benefit that I get to listen to myself. That's difficult at first. That's a really difficult thing to get over. I promise you do get over it. And then you're constantly critiquing yourself. And if you're challenging yourself like I do with how I speak, I'm always trying to work the next thing in. How do I make myself better? How do I communicate what I'm trying to say to you more clearly? And I want to say that I always did that, but it was that episode 166 that really got me paying attention to that. So my challenge for you is to work outside of your comfort level so you can continuously get better. Now, Tammy talked a little bit about that when she was talking about cold calling. So many people hate to cold call because it's outside of their comfort level. And as Tammy told us, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. And I can tell you that is exactly what's happened here on the podcast. That's pretty much what happened with everything that I tried for the first time. The more I did it, the more comfortable I became with it. So if you identify something that scares you, you're probably discovering what you need To work on. And if you work on those areas, I promise that those most likely are the areas that are going to make the biggest improvements in every area in your life. Nation, do you have a question that you want me to answer on Scaling Up H2O? Well, I've got a really cool way that you can ask your question to me and I can answer that question for you. Go to scalinguph2o.com and click on our leave voicemail button and you can record your voice asking me your question. I can play it on the air and I can make sure you get the information that you are wanting. Something else that you can do for me that will really help me and also the Scaling Up Nation is you can leave a review on your favorite podcast player. When you do that, that raises our searchability. If people are searching for podcasts, and that means it's easier for new members of the Scaling Up Nation to find us. So many people out there in the Scaling Up Nation have done that already, and I wanna thank you for that. And many of you, I know you're getting ready to do that. So I'll thank you in advance. Nation, I will be back with you next week for a brand new episode of Scaling Up H2O. Until then, take care of yourself and do something that challenges you to get better. Take care, everybody. Nation, it's hard to improve the day-to-day when we are stuck living in the day-to-day and for one hour a week you can join the group at the rising tide mastermind so you can work on the business without being in the business that one hour will change every other hour of the week it's magic it's not magic it's how we get together it's how we process issues it's how we encourage each other And it's how we just form these common bonds around each other. And there's a camaraderie that I promise you will not find anywhere else. To find out more about the Rising Tide Mastermind, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind.